Industry-leading, difference-making, tomorrow-shaping, world-changing. These are a few of the adjectives people use to describe the technologies and companies Deloitte works with day in and day out. Join us, and soon those very same adjectives could describe your career too. Explore technology careers at Deloitte.com slash techcareers and make an impact on business, technology, and society while engineering your future. At Deloitte. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live, running a few minutes behind. Had to redo the stream on Facebook, but we're glad to have you guys with us. We got to let it breathe just for a couple seconds. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jansen, and with me, as always, my partner in crime, my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, Wednesday was, you know, basically, we're kind of living off the juice of Tuesday's news that the Broncos did come to terms on a one-year deal with DeMar Dotson. We'll talk about that here in a few minutes but really the news of Wednesday wasn't so much Dotson, but the fact that the Broncos chose to waive Jonathan Harris, a defensive lineman that they acquired middle of last season. How much, if anything, does that affect in your mind, the defensive line competition? It doesn't. I, I mean, no offense to Jonathan Harris, but he was kind of a no one in the pecking order, Chad. They had established guys that are going to be starters. They have established backups. They have young guys. They have veterans. Jonathan Harris was always behind the eight ball. It was always an uphill battle, and it's unfortunate because it seems like he didn't suffer a football injury. We don't know what's going on with him that caused his departure. Obviously, something behind closed doors didn't jibe with the Broncos, but in terms of how it affects the defensive line, it has literally no effect, in my opinion. He was literally the low man on the totem pole. He was the bottom guy on the rung, and as we've talked about on the podcast many times, the Broncos have a lot of mouths to feed on the defensive line. Like they are cruising for some tough decisions at the end of the month, or I should say the beginning of next month. I mean, not only do you have, obviously they've got their starting rotation figured out. It's going to be Jarrell Casey, Shelby Harris, and Mike Purcell at the nose. But then you have three very recent premium round draft picks, McTelvin Ajim, the rookie this year, Draymond Jones, the third rounder last year, who flashed at the end of the season. And then heading into a contract year, Demarcus Walker, former second round pick, Then they added to that equation, Zach, Christian Covington. And shoot, I'm trying to think if I'm missing anybody, but that's a pretty stacked room as it stands. Yeah, I mean, Jarrell Casey alone, Chad. Then you have Draymond Jones, who the Broncos were very, very high on. You brought back Shelby Harris. All the players that you just mentioned, I mean, it's a stacked defensive line room, and they're just not enough uh, space to go around for a jag like Jonathan Harris. And again, no offense to him. I'm sure he's a good player in his own right, but cracking this defensive line for Bill Kolar is always a huge task, and he obviously wasn't cut out for it this season. 
So tonight we are really excited because it is the eighth installment of our Super Chat Superstar series that we are going to continue into the future. And we're going to have the football wizard himself, Mondungus, here on the show in just a few minutes. We are really excited to talk with him. We're excited to introduce him as close to in person as we can get in this internet age and the CV age, the word that she'll go unmentioned. But first, gang, a few quick matters of business, and then we'll bring on Mundungus. Make sure you are following the podcast on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. That's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And then while you're at it, gang, you want to make sure you follow also the mother account, at Mile High Huddle. Zach, it's been really cool because even just over the last week or two, so many of our community members from different social media platforms, whether it's YouTube or Facebook, they keep hearing us hammer on Twitter. Follow at Mile High Huddle. Follow at Huddle Up Pod. And they don't even have Twitter accounts, so they go create a Twitter account so that they can follow the podcast, follow the uh, Mile High Huddle main account. And it's just really cool to see. So you check those two boxes, though. Get those two followed, and you're not going to miss anything as it relates to the podcast or your Denver Broncos. And then a gentle uh, – we want to gently point your attention here to the merch store, Huddle Up Pod. Dot com. Head on over there and get your swag on. Get a football priest hat like you see Zach and I rock. And there's the football priest T-shirt that I'm sporting here tonight. There's hoodies. There's mugs. There's face masks, which is the number one seller for obvious reasons in the calendar year of 2020. little something for everybody, including kids. It's another way that you can support what we're doing here at MHH. And if you're not in a position to patronize the merch store, it's all good. These three things, each and every one of you can do, whether you're with us live in the stream or if you're listening to this after the fact as a podcast on demand, subscribe. That is crucial, especially if you're on YouTube. Subscribe to Mile High Huddle or the Huddle Up podcast. Like this video, also crucial. And if you really love what Zach and I are doing for you here, share this out. Help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded listeners and fans in Broncos country just like you. And then one last thing before we grab Mundungus here. I want to bring to everyone's attention on Facebook. So many of you reach out and want to and ask how to support MHH. So many of you go from Facebook onto YouTube so that you can super chat the show and the channel. There's a way for our Facebook audience to support directly what we do here at MHH, and that's by becoming an official supporter. I'm going to go ahead and put the link here in the stream. If you're in a position, check it out. It's another way you can support what we're doing here. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. All right, Zach, the time has come. We must introduce... And bring on to the screen here, football wizard. Let's grab him. Mundungus Creevy in the house. Look at him. What's up? <laughs> the Wizzy in the hizzy. Mundungus, how you doing, my friend? Good. How are you guys doing? 
I am in awe of your bookshelf. I told you that before <laughs> we went on. It's a, it's a real bookshelf behind you. I'm jealous. That's how it's supposed to look. <laughs> yes, very uh, very nicely populated. You got some books there. You've got the uh, some really interesting items back there. We'll let the we'll let the audience, the community. If you got any questions for Mundungus, there it is. Kathy, I stole that from you, by the way. Wizzy and the Hizzy saw that before we went live. Love it. If you guys have questions for Mundungus, get them in the stream. Super chat them over, and we'll get them on. We uh, have been looking forward to talking with you. Mundungus, the first thing we like to open with is this has been a general theme so far. It's been, in fact, uh, we're batting a 1,000 on this. Every superstar we've brought onto the show up to this point exemplify the hashtag state of being not one of the superstars we've invited onto the show yet. And this isn't by on purpose. This is just the way it's sh shaken out. Not one lives in Denver. Not one lives in Colorado. It's Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. And Mundungus, you exemplify that. How did you become a Broncos fan and such a passionate one, obviously? I mean, it was, it was a good mix of things, but the, the first thing I can remember was a Broncos Jets game when I was living in New York and I think it was 96 and it was like 31 to nothing. The Jets just got slaughtered and it was amazing. Uh, and you know, I was 10 at the time. So I would try to catch as many games as I could during that year. Uh, and then the following years when they won the, the first Super Bowl, So it kind of, it was just a collective of everything. It was the first game I ever saw on TV and then they won it all the next year. So I've been a fan ever since. I've noticed, Chad, that every superstar has a Von Miller jersey, either that they're wearing or behind them. It's just it's it's cool pattern to notice. Uh, Mundungus, a question, obviously, you know, that we like to ask on this uh, on these segments. What has been your favorite memory as a Broncos fan and what has been your least favorite memory in recent this, years? This is one that I haven't heard before, but my favorite of all time is Tebow to <laughs> <laughs> DT <laughs> to Demarius Thomas in the playoff game. That was amazing. I've never screamed so high in my life. That um, was, I mean, dude, not to cut you off, I want you to continue on, but that Tebow season, hey, there was some ugly offensive football taking place, but that was one of the funnest seasons, I think, for every Broncos fan under the sun. Yeah, and I mean, you didn't even think they were going to make the playoffs, and then they do, and then they win it. <laughs> you know, their first game, it's like, what? what? Okay. So, you know, it's one of those where I'm standing up, jumping and screaming like a girl as high as I can because it was amazing. Um, and then as far as the worst goes, I mean, Super Bowl against the Seahawks, obviously. Mm. Um, but then there was, I want to say it was, uh, it was a playoff game against the Ravens. Uh, I think it was Raheem Moore messed, messed up at the end of the game and Flacco, stupid Flacco, threw the ball, and uh, they scored a touchdown and won the game. I was driving at the time on my way home, and I pulled over to listen to the end of the game, had some old lady cross in front of me, and I just let fly with every word I'd ever learned in my life. I've never gotten such a weird look from anybody passing by me before. That was a that was a game that it was hard fought. It was bitterly cold, but it really felt like in the fourth quarter – Peyton Manning had had put that one in the bag. And, of course, that was also a game that the Broncos got a lot of help from Trendon Holiday in the third phase. And, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think a lot of fans can can sympathize with with your story there. Mr. Boggins jumping in, one of our Super Chat superstars, with a question here. We can all tackle this one. 
He says, do you think Drew Locke will be the first quarterback the Broncos have ever drafted that gets an extension after his rookie contract? Hashtag Bronco Rooster Drew. Interesting point. That's something that uh, I can't vouch for 100% thinking back, but it sounds right in terms of the second contract. A lot of people forget and miss the fact that John Elway was not drafted by the Denver Broncos. Nevertheless, though, what's your answer, Mike, to this? Do you think Drew Locke is destined for a second contract from this team? Me personally, I think he is. You know, I don't think it's going to be Patrick Mahomes' money, but, um, you know, there's not a lot of teams that can afford that kind of (laughs) contract anyways. But I definitely think he's going to get an extension. Um, I'm calling that he's going to get it two years before his contract expires. He'll get an extension. Zach, is there anything in your mind that says, nah, he's probably going to flame out and be a lemon before that happens? I mean, that would be the only thing. My only thought is it's so premature to talk about a contract extension when he's never even started you know, a full season as the Broncos quarterback. But, you know, we had a question a couple weeks ago. Is he going to be the best Broncos quarterback that was ever drafted by the team? And I think he will go down as that. And I think he will go down as being the lone guy who gets a second deal with Denver. Um, I would say about what Mundunga said a couple years before his contract expires, maybe the season before, um, I think he'll be rewarded. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. We got Mark Langley jumping in, showing some love on Super Chat. Thank Appreciate you, you, my friend, out there in Georgia. Another hashtag state of being guy that exemplifies the hashtag. He says, what's up, my guys? What's going on, Broncos country? Hashtag Chad and Zach, nothing but love and respect. Right back at you, my friend. You know we appreciate you, Mark, and hope all is going well in your neck of the woods. Let's see, uh, John Buona Beast, if we have any specific questions here for the football wizard. Brian Greenfield, as we like to call him, BG, on this podcast. Bonafide superstar. Appreciate your donation, by the way, BG. He says, Mundungus, what's your ceiling and what's your floor for Drew Locke's second season? His floor, BG's, is 10 and 6 for the team. What's your answer for for Brian? Well, I think over the last two pods, I've said 11 and 5 or 12 and 4. That's what I'm going with, and that's what I'm sticking with. <laughs> 11 and 5, 12 and 4. Um, I, I mean, as far as lot goes, personally, I think he's going to get 4,200 yards and maybe aiming high, but that's what I think he's going to get. This is a man who is doing what he can. To, to put some some magic sprinkling on this team, the Denver Broncos. I love it. Uh, Glenn Hauser jumping in. Appreciate the, the super you, chat, my friend. He says, Mundungus, you have to put the wizard hat on. Hashtag Wizzy in the Hindi. Hashtag <laughs> Greater than Greater show. Hashtag MHH and state of being. You gonna throw that on? You gonna you gonna satisfy the community? I mean, I can. It's too small. That's that's why I didn't really put it on. I mean, I could tie it on, but. Here we go, gang. For those of you listening, he is now attempting. Take a screenshot. Wizard hat. There you go. There you go, guys. <laughs> That's about as good Screen as it gets. capture that, boys and girls. It looks so Very natural. Nice. <laughs> what did you say? What, what was it called? It's from Harry Potter, but what it's, did they call It's the sorting hat. The sorting, yeah. The I mean, it, it talks too, but it's like a minute long, so I'm not going to push it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. We got uh, Zeus McPeak. Condescending from on high, way up high from MHH, Mount Rushmore. Really appreciate your generosity as always, Thank Stu, you, Stu, and what you mean to the community. Mundungus, that's all he's got to say. Mundungus! <laughs> Zeus! He wants to know, Glenn does here, are you known as Mundungus at the store? 
Mm, depends on who you're talking about. Like if it's my business partner, I'm usually known as that guy or idiot. Uh, <laughs> if it's anybody else, no, this, no, it's a, it's a huddle up podcast thing. And it's going to stay right. that way. Yeah. Love it. All right. Uh, John, can you grab the one from, if you can grab from, from David, I see it here, but I think the stream jumped it real quick. There we go. Wow. David Kilgore with a profile picture that brings a tear to my left eye and a super chat that brings a tear to my other eye. And I say that in all seriousness, David, we love you, my friend. Appreciate you. Incredible. That's very generous. Um, it just blows us away the support we get from the community. And it's like right now I'm on vacation, but I'm showing up here for you guys. You, the community drives us and we just love you guys. David, he says, with only three of the five major conferences playing this season, how does this affect the draft and scouting? Hope you guys are doing well. So this is a question we can all kind of tackle here while we've got Mundungus on the show. And again, David, really blown away by your generosity. Thank you, my friend. So, Zach, let's start with you on this one. Three of the five major conferences, we, we've addressed this a little bit. I think it was on Monday night show, how it could affect the draft. Truth is, there's a lot we don't know, but what's your answer for for David? I mean, it's just that. I don't want to blow smoke. I don't want to be, you know, uh, you know, misinformative. I, I, what I know right now is I don't think the draft is going to stop next season. I don't think we're not going to have a draft. I mean, the NFL is going to maximize the revenue, maximize the, the offseason spectacle as much as they can. Not having all the conferences, though, it, it comes into players that want to declare, you know, early entrant level players. I don't know. It's it's more of a college micro problem that colleges are having and universities are having as it pertains to the NFL. Those who want to play next fall and those who want to enter the NFL will enter the NFL. I, I believe maybe for the conferences that aren't playing, they're going to have some special opt in or maybe a special combine, maybe a special pro day. They're going to do something to make up for a lack of the season. But the NFL Scouting departments, they've seen film on these players before this year. They know what these players are capable of. It sucks on having the film of 2020, but if a guy who's in a conference is not going to play this year, NFL team wants him, they're still going to go out and get him. It's not going to impact the NFL to a huge extent next year, in my opinion. Mundungus, your... This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Alma mater or your favorite college team, has it been affected? I think you're a Nebraska fan, if I'm not mistaken, but has it been affected by what's, what's going on? I mean, the Big Ten says that they're going to postpone the season. It sounds like Nebraska wants to play, um, and so does Iowa, and I believe that Ohio State's coach wants to play too. Um, so, I mean, there's so many questions that I, you know, you don't really know. You know, the SEC and the Big 12 say they're going to play. Um, so then do you have certain colleges, universities that want to play, switch over to those conferences? Um, you know, do they wait? And I know I – was reading something about them trying to postpone it until March and April. And then if mm. that happens, yeah. you know, un- I think under the CBA, you can move the draft back as far as June 2nd. So do they do that and then try to fit in the combine or do they not do the combine? I mean, there's so many questions up in the air of what's going to happen from this point, even yeah. if they have, you know, if everybody says they're not going to play, but then there's certain universities that want to play, you know, what do you do? Right. You just wish that there was more of a unified leadership with regard to the Power Five conferences and not five different decisions getting made here that affect entire schools and entire student-athlete bodies. And it's unfortunate the way it's shaken out because, as I've said on the show before, I think that for college, it's a, it's a little bit of a different animal in terms of you're dealing with significantly more, I should say, less mature players. And in that sense, incentives are also affected as well. We're talking about players that are playing for their college athletes that are playing for their, for their scholarship, for their education, and or to maybe eventually make it to the bigs. The incentives, though, are just different. Whereas for the pros, I mean, they've got millions of dollars on the line today. If they don't handle their business, follow what the team recommendations are, follow what the new CBA guidelines are, it's just a different animal. But I still maintain were there to be a unified will, there would be a way for all these schools to, to get through this. But something that Philip Lindsay talked about on Tuesday when he was made available to the media for what it's worth, guys, is he thinks that because he talked about there's not as much money in college as there is in the NFL to pay for the type of programs like we've talked about on the show, the upgrades and the, and the protocols that the Broncos have gone through, very comprehensive from a preventative perspective with regard to infection. It costs money, though, many millions of dollars to put those in place, to test every single day that many people. It does cost money. And Philip Lindsay said, you know, these, these schools don't have the money. I'm not sure that's the case. I think these schools, they, a lot of them in the Power Five anyway, they make, they're making bank, man. They can afford to peel off a fraction of that for one season to come up with a testing protocol that is comprehensive and also to, you know, r- retrofit their facilities to account for this book. Let's grab Cody real quick. Jumping in with a $5 super. Appreciate you. you. Potter, very apropos for this particular podcast. 
what is the percentage we give this Broncos defense? <laughs> I just got to be that. number one. They were second in the red zone last year, and in this defense, no, they were number one red zone defense last year, Cody, for what it's worth. And this defense only got better. So, well, I almost used your real name, Mundungus. <laughs> what's your answer for Cody here? What's the percentage you give the Broncos defense to finish number one? Uh, I would probably give it 50-50. I mean, you've got Chubb coming off of the knee injury, so you don't know how he's going to react in the first couple of weeks, if he's going to be a little tentative on, um, you know, full out, you know, going full out because he doesn't know exactly how the knee is going to react. We don't know how Vaughn is going to be, if he's going to be last year's Vaughn or two or three years ago's Vaughn. Um, you know, Darrell Casey's coming in and getting used to a new system. So I'd say a good 50-50. Um, I hope they are. It's hard to put a percentage on something like that, but I don't. I love your optimism. Don't get me wrong, Mundungus. They, this is a squad that just – what did they finish last year? I think they were the 11th total defense last year, if I'm not mistaken, which, you know, solid but unspectacular year one for Fangio. To be the number one defense this year, I'll say to jump from 11 to 1, I'll say give it a give it a twenty five percent chance, which I still think is a solid chance. Like that's a, I mean, it's hard to put percentages on a prediction like that, but I think that's still solid odds, Zach. I'm going to split with you guys. I'm going to say about forty percent because you know what? The expectation is the Broncos will be a top five unit, and like he mentioned, uh, Mundungus, they have Bradley Chubb coming back. If Bryce Callahan steps up, he's going to be a great slot corner. You have AJ Boye coming in, Jarrell Casey. You have Justin Simmons coming back. You have a bona fide defense that has veterans, that has youth. They have rookies. They are set, and they have Vic Fangio calling the plays. If not top one, then definitely top three. But I'm going to give about forty percent. To jump the likes of the Ravens or the Niners or the Steelers, it could be done. I, I would not rule it out at all. I could actually see it happening. But am I expecting number one? No. Am I expecting top five? Yes, absolutely. There you go. Greg Smith on Facebook, great supporter of MHH, great member of the community over there. He says, Chad and Zach, just wondering if Creevy has Jawan Winfrey making the final mm. wide receiver roster. Hashtag go Broncos. Hashtag Las Vegas, Nevada, baby. State of being. Love it. Appreciate you, Greg. Is Jawan Winfrey last year's sixth-round pick that the Broncos actually traded up? It's not, you know, you're not going too far. It's not too big of a an ask to, to trade a seventh-round pick to move up so you can take a guy in the sixth round like the Broncos did. But it was a trade-up to grab him, Mundungus. What's your answer for Greg? I don't think they're going to keep him. I think they have enough, enough players there and enough competition there at wide receiver that he's just going to fall behind everybody else. Guys, let's do – John, if there's one or two more for Mundungus, let's grab them while we still got them. We're, uh, we're getting a little bit long, running out of time here. Um, our friend Adon here, who is a great member of the community and big-time supporter of what we do here. Appreciate the super, by the way. He says, Mundungus, you rock. Hashtag state of being. Appreciate that. I'm sure Mundungus appreciates it as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, he could be the next one to replace eyebrow opt-out. So let's go <laughs> six foot ten. <laughs> love it. Love it. Chris Hernandez jumping in as well on Super Chat, one of our superstars. He says, great to see you, Wiz. Killing it. And for what it's worth, gang, this is a good opportunity, and, and this is a reminder. So I botched the scheduling of our August Super Chat superstar segments. Long story short, without all the uh, sorted details, 
Chris was caught up in that, and it's my bad, but he is going to be on the show August 26th. Next week is going to be Zachary, ZW Designs, and then Chris. But in between that, on Sunday night, we're also going to have Mike Evans on the show. So next week, we're actually going to have two superstar segments because I just kind of screwed things up. But nevertheless, Chris, we are looking forward to, to meeting you and talking with you on the show. It's going to be a gas. And uh, we'll, we'll, of course, talk to you between now and then. But appreciate you as always, my friend. Click those little and thumbs up. Click them up. We got Steve Baumgartner. You guys know him. You love him. He's been on the show. Jumping in, bona fide superstar, and he's with you on on uh, Big Red Mundungus. He says, "Where is this quote from? If you don't like my burglar, then please don't damage him." You don't got me. I don't <laughs> know, my friend. It's like we're on Jeopardy right now. Is that, is that what it is? Movie? Is that like the Hamburglar? What What are we talking about? <laughs> Maybe it's from Harry Potter. I'm guessing. I'm gonna Google it. Yeah. Now, now we're curious, Stephen. If you don't like my burglar. If you don't like my burglar, then please don't damage him. Sounds like something that giant dude or something from Harry Potter says or one of the wizards. I don't know. I'm not as much of an expert as Mundungus and I were just talking before we went live. I'm not as much of an expert on uh, Harry Potter as I am on Lord of the Rings and other high fantasy. But what's the answer, Zach? I think it is Lord of the Rings. It's uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. That is uh, Lord of the Rings, right? Okay. Yeah, that's smog. See, you should have known that, Chad. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. That's not smog. That's that has to be Gandalf. It's yeah, in the Hobbit. It's the Hobbit, yeah. Yeah, it's gotta be from the Hobbit when they're when they're attack when they're going in on uh when when Bilbo's trying to to talk his way out of dying at the hands of smog. I don't know. Anyway, appreciate you as always, Steven. The, this man. Turn. <laughs> the Hobbit, hashtag Glenson, hashtag Hamburglar. <laughs> I love the hey listen I love uh, that the burglar thing is what should have lit the the light bulb in the back of my mind as much as I love Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit and all that I don't have the prose memorized as you can probably imagine John do we have any more direct questions from the superstars for Mundungus Let me do a quick check on my side here Okay um, Mundungus from Sinji who wins this year Denver versus Dolphins of course that's going to be uh. Ostensibly, that's going to be Denver's debut versus Tua. But who would you have winning this one? Denver. Not even close. <laughs> Not 2017 even close. revenge game. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That was the Adam Gase uh, revenge. Oh, God. And now the Broncos got to take their revenge. Terry Randall, bona fide superstar north of the 49th parallel. You guys have met him. Hashtag state of being. And awesome Wiz, giving you some bones. Appreciate that. Well, Mundungus, dude, thanks for taking some time to come on the show. We're definitely going to have to get you back on the podcast here in the very near future. We don't have uh, exact dates locked down for once football starts out, uh, actually begins the season in September, but we're going to be putting that on paper here in the near future. Let's grab Kevin here uh, before we get uh, before we sign off with you here. Appreciate the, the super, KP. He says, Wiz, you're the man. Thanks for all you bring to the MHH fam. And I concur. Really appreciate everything you do for, I mean, relatively new in the grand scheme of things, at least in terms of your engagement in the chat. And, but dude, you, you have come in with a vengeance and it has meant a lot to Zach and I and to John. And we have just loved getting a chance to know you and uh, 
you make us laugh and your insights. It's just, you bring so much to the community. So thanks for taking the time and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you here in the very near future. Sounds good. I appreciate it. By the way, you recently changed your Twitter handle, if I'm not mistaken. It is at Broncos Wizard or is it yeah. Football Wizard? Broncos Wizard. At Broncos Wizard, guys. You, you want to find him and, and connect with him on Twitter. Trust on yeah. that. On Find him at Broncos Wizard. He's Mundungus Creevy. We're going to talk to you in the near future. Thanks again for joining us, my friend. And hopefully we'll see you here soon in the chat. Sounds good. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs> Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, brother, there he goes. That was the football wizard. No longer, the the whiz is no longer in the his, as they, <laughs> they say. But uh, great dude, a lot of fun to yeah. talk to. He's a guy that you can you can actually, you know, he's a guy that you can talk multiple multiple topics with he knows a lot about a lot of different things but just a just a great guy obviously very outgoing and supportive of mhh and hardcore broncos fan very natural on camera too chad he did a great job hanging in there took all the questions and he's yeah. becoming like you said chad you know not not uh, an old head to the podcast he's kind of right. newer but he has some fan base already he has some following within the he's, community he's so. got the fan base he's already on mhh mount rushmore and to right. your point about his uh charisma on on screen he informed john and i before we went live that uh he did a lot of college radio back in the day so he's not talking off the top of his head and you know focusing on a specific topic he's got a little experience in that domain yeah he's very natural guy very very cool guy hope to have him on again soon yes and we will at some point here in the very near future we want to be able to rotate on those in our super chat community who want to return that we've had on, we're definitely going to get to that in the near future. We got all the time in the world. It'll happen. 
Edward is bringing up a point that uh, you and I haven't had a chance to really discuss. We're going to get to that. But Edward, appreciate you, my friend. Thank the you. Super chat means everything to us. You should be getting your hat here in the near future. He says, I have been watching DeMar Dotson's highlights from last year. He is good at right tackle. I've seen him take on Clowney, Bosa, uh, Wagner. Wagner. He held up good against all of them. I hope he beats out Wilkinson, Denver Broncos for life. So thank you, Edward. And, yes, he's got – he put on – I mean, look, he's got some solid tape. He's an eight-year starter at, in Tampa. He's 34. He's going to turn 35 in October. And he's got over 100 NFL starts under his belt. Elijah Wilkinson, I believe, started seven games at right guard in 2018, and then he started 12 at right tackle last year. So he's got basically 10% the experience when when it's all said and done of DeMar Dotson. And for what it's worth, Zach, it was a one-year deal, very incentive-laden from what Mike Kliss is reporting, upwards a total value of $3 million if he hits all the escalators. Do you think – I mean, to me, I saw that as great value. Steel. Especially yeah. where it's so incentive-laden. Steel. I mean, you're getting, let's say, a starting tackle for $3 million, a veteran who has 100-plus starts under his belt. He's also 6'9". The man is a tree, Chad. I mean, he's yes. huge. I mean, I love this signing so much. And one thing that Mike Kliss tweeted out when the signing happened was that he's in a backup Elijah Wilkinson. Let me tell you right now, he's not coming in to be a backup. He is your day one, week one starting right tackle. It's going to take a little bit to learn the playbook, catch up to the offense, but they didn't sign him to be a backup. He's going to hit those incentives and those escalators because he will be starting Wilkinson cannot start this season so at this stage of the offseason in mid-August getting a starting right tackle for three million bucks who has all the experience great great pickup it really was great value and I'm with you on that I think for look Wilkinson has incumbency in his favor Mike Munchak has familiarity with Wilkinson in his favor and the and the players all know big Eli so DeMar Dotson is going to have to step in. I don't think he's going to be handed immediately the keys to right tackle, but as I wrote last night uh, on Tuesday night, and as I talked about in the video um, that you guys, I'm sure all of you have seen by now on YouTube and at milehighhuddle.com, he's got 106 career starts. It's only a matter of time once he starts getting worked into the road, you know, they're going to start splitting reps at right tackle with the first team. It's only a matter of time, Zach, before his experience is just palpable before it just jumps off the field, as it were, the screen, if you want to say it that way. It's just going to be evident and obvious. From an athletic perspective, he's a much smoother athlete. Even though he's long, he's tall and long, but that's what you need at tackle if you can get it. You need that length, and you need that fluidity, and you need that smoothness and the foot speed as a yep. tackle. Now, is he the? You know, it's not like we're talking about some perennial all-pro the Broncos just signed. He has been – you know, he's, he's not been that, but Zach, he's been a very steady, consistent starter. Aside from the age thing, which isn't a big concern for me, the only other concern I have was the number of penalties that he had last year, which actually was the same number as, as Garrett Bowles. So different situation this year. I mean, blocking for uh, Jameis Winston at times. I mean, you can watch the film. He would hold on to the ball way too long. There were times, I think Carl talked about this on Tuesday nights building the Broncos, that there was a sack or two that was credited to Dotson that probably should have been credited to, to the quarterback, not to the right tackle. But nevertheless, aside from the, the penalties, there's not much about him that really concerns me. He's a solid, low-cost, starting caliber guy that you got for, at most, $3 bucks. 
the way you're laying that out, solid, if unspectacular, that's the best right tackle the Broncos have had in, it's in quite a while now. I and mean, then they've gone through the desert. We talk about the quarterback desert, but look at the right tackle desert they've been through. Jared yeah. Veldier was average also, but he was this big revelation for Denver, and that's what DeMar Dotson will be. And to the point about beating out Wilkinson, he does have incumbency, but if DeMar Dotson, at this stage of his career, with all the experience he has, if he can't beat out an unnatural tackle who's coming off surgery he needs to retire but that will happen they didn't sign him to be a backup they didn't sign him to be a swing guy he will start week one and that you know what if he plays up to potential he can actually be an upgrade over juan james your 51 million dollar tackle great pickup i I agree man and this is something i I mentioned uh if it wasn't sunday it was monday but look there is a distinct possibility that demar dotson is just as good if not more reliable Anyway, from a talent perspective, he I should say from a production perspective, he might be just as good as Juwan James at a fraction of a fraction of a fraction <laughs> of the freaking cost, and he's going to be there for you. He's going to show up. Now, knock on wood, there's no accounting for when the injury bug might strike, knock on wood. But if you look at his resume, he's been a very steady, reliable, dependable right tackle, and there's no reason to expect that to suddenly change. He is a little bit long in the tooth. As I mentioned, he's 34, going to be 35. But, Zach, guys like Andrew Whitworth in Los Angeles, guys like Jason Peters in Philadelphia, are proving that if you can fend off the injury bug, tackles can play deep into their 30s. So who knows, man? If he comes in and plays well and and maximizes his opportunity, DeMar Dotson, the Broncos might end up trying to keep him around in 2021 and beyond because – Look, you're, as we've mentioned, they're locked into James in 2021. There's no getting around that. But Garrett Bowles is going to be a free agent. So if they want to, if they end up letting Bowles go or he doesn't get re-signed, however you want to view it, they might have some need to keep another an additional tackle around next year, especially because you don't know what you're going to get from Jawan James in a given year. We've already talked about, man, the heart is has to be questioned at this stage just based on what we're hearing from I mean, look, Vic Fangio said it. if Vic Fangio hinted at it and intimated it toward the end of last season in December and created what James called a false narrative about him, if they're saying it behind closed doors, I think it's fair for those of us viewing it, criticizing it, analyzing it from the outside to share that perspective. Uh, Cody Potter, by the way, jumping back in. Appreciate you, my friend, Thank on you. Super Chat. He says, I'm just putting it up there as well. Go Avs. Go, baby, beat the Coyotes, 3 nothing. He's a big hockey fan as well, coming from Alaska. Hashtag new orange crush 2020. Appreciate that, my friend. And, John, this is the next superstar in my chat. It jumped, so I'll, I can go back and look who the next one is. But we got the queen of MHH jumping in, showing some love. Always a symbolic when she, when she shows love on Super Chat. Always symbolic number. Very generous, extremely generous. Thank you, Christy. Much love to you. You mean everything to the community, and uh, we just appreciate you more than we can say. Philip Lindsay Von Miller, two of my favorite numbers right there. There you go. Thank you, Christy. And for what it's worth, she sent in, uh, she got her Mile High Huddle trucker hat, gang. Go to huddleuppod.com, get one for yourself. And uh, that's up at her, her new selfie, rocking the hat. It's up right now on MHH Instagram. At Mile High Huddle, go check that out when you get some time. Uh, let me let me check real quick here. Okay, so we're good on order here. So this is good. So bear with me one second. Let me grab. All right, thank you. 
Steve Griffith, who is also, you know, he's jumped. He's one of these guys that I mentioned before who jumped from Facebook over to YouTube just to support MHH financially, Super Chat. He's also decided to become a supporter officially on Facebook, supporting MHH financially on Facebook. And Steve, we really appreciate you, my friend. I know you're at work right now. So uh, just from reading what you tweeted earlier today, hope we're helping you pass the time a little bit faster. He says, last year, Alexander Johnson was the surprise player. My question to you guys is who will it be this Mm. year? Bold prediction, guys. Interesting, interesting question. Good Who's question. Be yeah, that surprise guy that kind of comes out of nowhere to become a fringe kind of star. You know what just jumped out to me? I want to say Bryce Callahan, but also Devonte Bosby. I, I think if he's going to be a starting cornerback, and I, he looked really good in a Vic Fangio scheme, nobody knows him right now. He was from the AAF. The kind of Broncos kind of got him under the radar. He has all the traits of a starting caliber corner. Maybe not a cornerback one but a cornerback too. And if he holds on to that starting job opposite Boye, he could be your next AJ Johnson on the Broncos defense. Dude, I couldn't have said it any better. If you're thinking, I mean, no one is really going to be coming out of that Broncos offense to surprise anyone. I mean, we know who the stars are going to be. We know who the studs are going to be even on the offensive line. For the most part, we know who they're going to be. And no one who excels on that side of the ball is going to be much of a surprise. Charlie Beagle mm-hmm. thinks so. The rookie seventh round pick from, that's bold. Uh, Miami is or Florida, excuse me. Tyree Cleveland, I don't think so, but hey, we'll see. We'll see, Charlie. The two corners, though. Yes, Dion. Dion concurs. Bosby. Bosby played extremely well. He's been with Fangio for multiple years. He knows the scheme very, very well, dating all the way back to, to Chicago. And those two games that he started, I mean, you guys have heard me mention this on the podcast before. But when he debuted as a Bronco, really playing serious snaps on defense, it was in week three on the road at Green Bay after the Broncos finally had enough of Isaac Yadam, and they yanked him, put in Devontae Bosby, who promptly went and broke up two different Aaron Rodgers passes on third down, which is not easy to do. So, Zach, I think you're right. If anyone can kind of come out of nowhere to be that emergent guy, that emergent star, Callahan, I think he's already kind of got a name for himself. He played at a Pro Bowl level that last year in Chicago. Devontae Bosby, I think. I'm with you on that. I, I can share a brain with you on that. Uh, him or uh, Draymond Jones could hop out, too. He can have a big role this year. He looked really good on film the second half of the season. So, to me, Bosby is number one. But Draymond Jones, he could be your next Shelby Harris in Denver on the defensive line. All right. Let me see what else we've got here. Where are we at? We're at 40 minutes. we got some time here. Bear with me one second. Man, the chat is just on fire today. Love it. We got Nathan Johnson, who Zach isn't a name on Super Chat I don't recognize. So, right. welcome. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Nathan. Welcome. If you're on Twitter, make sure you reach out to us so we can connect and shout you out after the show as a superstar. Very generous of you. He says, dropping in to show a little love. I drive over one hour into work. So, I listen on the way in or on the way home. Very cool. Who do you guys – and by the way, we love hearing how people work the show into, into your routines and your, your daily lives. Who do you guys think will have a better career as a Bronco, Cortland mm. Sutton or Jerry Judy? Good question. Hmm. Man, some really good questions from the superstars tonight, Zach. What's your answer? 
you know, I can't go against my guy. I love Cortland Sutton. I literally have his helmet behind me. I mean, he is a superstar wide receiver. And as good as Jerry Judy is, we know what Sutton is at the NFL level. We do not know yet what Jerry Judy could be at the NFL level. I think Sutton is a, a top 10 receiver in the game. He could be a top five guy after the season. He's going to be a pro bowler, probably be an all pro. Um, all said and done, I said this before, that Sutton could have a better career in Denver than Rod Smith. And I'm sticking to that. So I'm going Sutton. Sutton is honestly, I think they're both pretty much locks to be long-term contributors in Denver. Now, how viable is it going to be if Jerry Judy does end up being the truth that I think he's going to be? And if Sutton continues on his trajectory, how viable is it to pay two tier one caliber wide receivers a second contract? I don't know if the Broncos will be in a financial position when Jerry Judy's turn finally comes, but gang, that's, I mean, we're talking five years down the road. A lot can happen between now and then, including with Sutton. I'm going to say they're equal, man. I really do. I think they both have an equal ceiling in this offense. And Drew Locke, if he continues to progress the way he, he appeared to last year, I mean, the, the player Drew Locke was when he stepped onto this roster as a second-round pick compared to the guy he was even when he stepped on the field in week 13, fresh off of IR, it was leaps and bounds, man. He jumped and developed and progressed. And if he continues that trend, Man, there's no telling how prolific these receivers can be from a production standpoint. It can be, it can be like the glory days of Peyton Manning with Demarius Thomas and Eric Decker or Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. By the way, Mike Evans jumping in as always. Thank you, Mike. Such a generous super chat. And Mike, as I mentioned, hopefully you saw that earlier in the show. You are a lock for Sunday night. So book it. And Sunday, we'll reach out in the afternoon with details on what to expect. We'll give you a link on how to connect with us for the for the broadcast. So you're in on Sunday. He says, love the depth of our D-line. It's a towering strength. Appreciate y'all. A towering strength. I like that. I like the way you describe that, Mike, because, you know, in Vic Fangio's defense, if you really do have depth on the D-line, you got two of the top pass rushers in the league in, in Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. That takes a lot of pressure off a couple of off-ball linebackers, Zach, who aren't the best in the coverage department. It, it, it is a towering strength when your primary backup, which is Draymond Jones, could start for 30 other NFL teams. So I, the Broncos are in a very good position, and they have the best, for my money, the best DL coach in the game in Bill Kolar. Uh, you bring in Gerald Casey, Shelby Harris, you have Purcell, you have Draymond Jones, Marcus Walker, Covington. I mean, it's just a stacked group, and I cannot wait to see them wreak havoc this season. Amen. All right, let me grab here. BG, jumping back in. Appreciate you as Thank always. You, so generous and supportive to the channel, to the to the show, and to the brand. We love you, my friend. He says, did you guys see Nate Burleson's latest Broncos hype? He seems to be on the train. And you need to check out check on GoatHouse.com. He's high on Drew Locke and what the Broncos are doing this season. I don't know what GoatHouse is, but – I did see, uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I saw a headline on what Nate Burleson said. I don't know exactly what he said. I'll have to check it out after the show. But, I mean, the hype is real for Drew Locke. It's in, at least internally. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. 
Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. In and around Denver, there are a few national guys, and Burleson is one of them, who are on the hype train. And Zach Dalton Reisner believes the hype is real with regard to his training camp rookie uh, roommate last year. Yeah, I haven't seen those comments specifically, but I know a few of the NFL Network guys are high on Denver, as well they should be. I mean, it shouldn't be a surprise that an NFL talking head is high on the Broncos or high on Drew Locke. That should be what we all come to expect from the national media. But unfortunately, Chad, it doesn't see it that way. A lot of people are still hating. They're uninformed. It's lazy analysis. I like that Burleson's going to bat for Drew Locke in Denver, but it's all immaterial until the Broncos get on the field. I care about what they do, not what anyone else says about them. This is a fair point by KP. He says, look, Bruce Arians' offense demands the quarterback hold on to the ball. It's true. A lot of seven-step drops, a lot of long-developing passing routes and plays, and it's true. That puts inordinate pressure <clears throat> excuse me, on the tackles to hold up on the edge as any Broncos fan. I mean, think back to Super Bowl 50, the categorical mistake that current Broncos QB's coach Mike Shula made as the offensive coordinator then of the Carolina Panthers, where he did not affect, he did not tweak the drops for, for Cam Newton. There were these long, slow developing seven step drops. By the time he got to his back foot, he was getting strip sacked and hit and sacked and it was brutal. And so when you're in a position like that, when, when it just puts in the pressure is on. And in that case, you're going to see the tackles maybe relinquish, more sacks or pressures, or maybe they're going to hold more often because, look, by the time that quarterback got to the end of his drop, this guy's had all day to try and turn the corner and get there. So excellent point, KP. You know the term deer in the headlights? I mean, J Jameis Winston was a deer in the sun, Chad. I, he literally was blind. He, he had LASIK surgery because he couldn't see. He was throwing the ball to the other team like it was going out of style. It cannot be easy blocking for that type of quarterback, and it's the same reason why Garrett Bowles keep getting excuse after excuse and excuse, and they justified his bad play because of the quarterbacks. Well, if you could say that about Garrett Bowles, you said about Dotson as well. Jameis Winston led the NFL. I think it was a record, 30 interceptions mm -hmm. last season. It's never easy blocking. 
blocking for that quarterback. And I think Dotson, his penalties and everything else, I think he did fairly well considering the circumstance. Mundungus comes on the show. He contributes <laughs> to the content itself <laughs> of the show. <laughs> oh, and then, man, he, and then he shows up and supports the show on Super <laughs> Chat. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, our trust oh. is in Dotson. Why? Because the man has eyebrows. <laughs> the bar is that low. <laughs> they say, they say, I'll let you decide who they are. A man with no eyebrows, can he be trusted? It's a question for the sages and prophets throughout time. We'll uh, only, I mean, answer it yourself. <laughs> Love it, Mundungus. Dukes says, I used to be a Reddit community member and was turned onto this pod by someone in Reddit. Glad they posted the link. We are to Duke and shout out to the, to the mods yep. over there in the community on Reddit. They do a great job over there and we appreciate them when they share MHH content and the podcast. So glad to hear that my brother. And we're, we're just happy you found us because you are a great member of this community. And Zach and I, Zach's book, by the way, that you provided for him, Duke, it is right now in transit yes. from my location to his location and uh, so he'll be able to put that on the old bookshelf here in the very, very <laughs> near future. Oh, man, it just did a jump right when I got to where I needed to be. BNS, thank you, John. Jumping in on YouTube, on Super Chat. Appreciate you, as always. Thank my you. Friend, longtime listener of the show, by the way, is BNS. He says, a thing that most Bulls haters miss, as we see with James, being a guy you can count on every week, year in and year out, is a big deal. Bulls is an Iron Man. Zach, in the kindest way possible, huh. there's one thing that Garrett Bowles can can say, being being kind, that he you know can hang his hat on. It's that availability has never been a problem for him. I, I will say this: everyone knows I'm not the biggest Bowles fan out there, but I think it was his rookie season or maybe 2018. He got carted off the field, looked like he snapped his ankle. Rookie. I, I don't think he missed a game, Chad. I think he practiced two days later. I was impressed by that. As bad as he's been, I do like his tenacity, his toughness. I like his mental fortitude in that department. It doesn't excuse the penalties. It doesn't excuse the, the boneheaded uh, mistakes, but I do like his toughness. I will give him that. Yeah, I mean, that was actually the week two. Remember the blowout of the Dallas Cowboys who were a oh, division right. round playoff team the year prior with Dak? and Fun game. They ended up having a crappy year, did the Cowboys. The Broncos did too, but that was one of – the most authoritative victories for the Broncos post Super Bowl 50 and probably Vance Joseph's crowning achievement <laughs> outside of that Cardinals game in his last year. Time of his life. Yeah. But yeah, bold man. He, he went down and he was weeping, crying, Menelik Watson, other teammates trying to console him on the cart. Like we all thought, dude, this guy like just popped his Achilles or blew a knee, yeah. something. No, turned out to be okay. And he was back in the starting lineup in week three. He went on to later say, because he's still relatively new to football and he'd never been hurt before. He had never felt or experienced that pain before. And so he could only assume because it hurt so bad, something brutal, some kind of long lasting injury, but it turned out to be a little bit of a sprain and uh, he was good to go the next week. And so his starting uh, streak was not affected. He has started all 48 games uh, as a pro. So that's something that, you know, yeah, give the man his props and, and that's a good point, BNS. Uh, there was one here I wanted to grab real quick that I saw from J-Bone. Where'd it go? I don't know where it went. But, yeah, J-Bone, we will eventually get you on the show, my friend, Justin Statler. That is something as, a, as one of the superstars 
your uh, contributions to the podcast have have been great over the, these last few months and in your generosity. So definitely we have you on the list as someone we're, we'll be reaching out to here eventually to, to get you scheduled. So don't, uh, don't worry about it. It will happen. All right, let's grab Terry jumping in. Appreciate you, my brother. Thank you, Terry. Do you think the new number 95 McTelvin Ajim will be as good or better than the old one? Derek Wolf. Hashtag football mm. priest, hashtag Broncos world. Now, this is a topic Zach and I differ on. I'm a lot more, uh, I guess, um, positive in my view of Derek Wolf and his contributions to the Broncos. So why don't you start this one off? You know, I was always positive toward what he can do. It just wasn't consistent. He had to stay on the field, Chad. When he was on the field, he was very effective. But the problem was he was more often on the trainer's table. I, I like Derek Wolf for what he can bring. And to that respect, Gene could be a good player, but he needs at least a couple years in the NFL system to get on the, you know, his bearings, get his weight up, get the speed of the NFL game down. He could be a borderline starter, a, a great backup to have. But Derek Wolf was on borderline star status, and he was for a while. He was the mouthpiece of the defense. He was the guy you don't mess with. He made a lot of plays last year in a Vic Fangio system. He was good for a while, Derek Wolf. He wasn't a superstar. He wasn't a perennial all-pro. Uh, but I think his ceiling right now is so much higher than Ajim's is. Ajim, I just haven't seen enough from him. I mean, I've watched his tape at Arkansas, and he's a really intriguing player. But Derek Wolf was a fringe first-round pick. The Broncos, if they don't trade out of the first round, they were going to take Derek Wolf. And then, you know, just so happened he was there when, when they picked early in the second. He literally stepped onto the roster with the team – penciling him in as the starting defensive end. And I think he played that way throughout his career. Now, as Zach said, if you're going to talk about Derek Wolf, you have to mention the injury jacket. The dude just could not consistently stay on the field. He had his years where he was, he was able to be you know, available for his team. But were it not for the consistent harassment of the injury bug, I mean, he ends up with double-digit sacks last year if he doesn't go down in week 13 against the Chargers. He already had seven sacks. He was only behind Von Miller, who finished with eight. So I'm, I'd be willing to bet. There's no way, of course, to ever get an answer on this, but I would have bet money. If Derek Wolf doesn't go down in week 13, he finishes for the first time in his career as the number one sack guy on the roster. So with Majim, with Ajim, though, don't get me wrong, I do have – I, I am optimistic that he's gonna he's gonna be something, uh, but I don't think he's gonna be able to provide the the type of immediate return on investment that Derek Wolf did. Duke Boynton jumping in, appreciate you, my friend. You, Very dude. generous super chat. What's your prediction for the total amount of sacks the Broncos get this year on defense? So <clears throat> last year, actually, let me do it this way: 2015, the Broncos led the league in sacks. Of course, Wade Phillips. First year as the defensive coordinator, they win the Super Bowl. They posted 52 sacks in 2015 in the regular season. That doesn't count playoffs. Last year, they posted 40, which, Zach, for a team that did not get a sack until week four, to pretty post good. 40 sacks, that's pretty encouraging, to be honest with you. What's your answer for Duke in light of that? I wonder what the NFL leader was last year in sacks, because that would give me some sort of baseline to work with. It's probably going to be in the 50s or the high 40s. Um, I'm going to say, you know, all things being equal, they added Jarrell Casey. They have Bradley Chubb coming back. Vaughn is going to be Vaughn this season. 
I would not be surprised at all to see well over 45 sacks, maybe in the 50s, maybe even NFL leading something like 55 sacks. They're going to get after the quarterback a lot. And by virtue of also having a better secondary is forcing the quarterback to hold on to the football for just that little split second longer, allow Vaughn and Chubb to get to the QB. All right, I'm trying to find this. Bear with me one sec. If I can't find it quickly, <clears throat> we'll I'll, I'll abandon it and we will circle back here. Mm. I don't know, but I'll tell you this. Last year, Denver's 40 sacks was 17th in the league, tied for 17th. We need James. So, Let us that? know in the comments. We need James. Yeah, where is James? I haven't seen him in the chat. Of the, all the nights that he's not in the chat, we need him and his uh, statistical insight and wherewithal. Ron Dub, bona fide superstar, always brings the good yeah, questions. I have no doubt here. the one we're about to read will be just like they always are. Hmm. Appreciate you, Ron. He says, hey, guys, who do you think will be the most improved Bronco this year? The most improved? Interesting question. No offense. Mm. I was going to say Garrett Bowles, but I just can't bring myself to do it. I'm going to go with Noah Fan. I mean, this is a former first-round talent. He looked really good in flashes last year. I think he's going to establish himself as a tight end one this season. I think that's a good that's a good name that we can both hang our hat on. I did a, a video hit today with Sports Illustrated from the from the studio in New York, and they wanted to talk about Noah Fant. And I said, look, I think he's going to finish this season based on what he produced last year rookie records and receiving yards and, and receptions for the Broncos at, at the tight end position. I said, I think he's going to do over 800 yards receiving somewhere around 60 catches. Yeah. And he probably, I think the floor is half a dozen touchdowns for, for Noah Fant. He also formed a really strong bond with Drew Locke down the stretch. So Noah Fant is a good option. I'm trying to think just, just to offer up somebody else, I'm going to throw also out there Dalton Reisner, who was very good mm. as a rookie. But I think this is a year where, as he's talked about, making an all-rookie team and all this, that's that's not satisfying his ambition. He wants to be an all-pro. He wants to be a pro bowler. And I that's think this is the year that he makes that a reality. So there you go, my friend. There you go, Ron. Appreciate you, dog. Bryce um, Callahan, maybe, too, because he didn't play last year. Can't be worse than that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There you go. If he gets on the field, and all signs are pointing that way, so let's keep our fingers <laughs> if crossed. If he's breathing. All right. Let me see where we're at. Fifty-seven minutes. All right. We got a we got a rapid fire. Our remaining superstars here, starting with Mundungus, jumping back in, showing that generosity that he is is known for. Thank you, Wiz. Appreciate you, Wizzy in the Hizzy, right here. He says Scott Frost was saying in his interview that it is almost safer to play football. You have that structure. You have that everyday testing. You have the decontamination set up for you. Hashtag NCAA sucks. Mundungus, you are barking up the right tree here. I mean, you're preaching to the choir as far as how Zach and I view this thing. And I think there's, if, if people are being honest and they remove their, whatever their political persuasions might be, look, they are safer under the constant purview and supervision of coaches and medical staffs where they're being managed, they're having safety protocols, all that stuff, they're a lot safer playing football than just helter-skelter out in the world or running around campus or whatever. I think that is absolutely true. And anyone who doesn't recognize that, I mean, I don't understand how you could how you could say that these young players could be would be more at risk by actually playing football where they're going to be in a protected and 
well-guarded environment than just out in the world getting exposed to whatever, whenever. Anyone who doesn't say that, chat has an agenda, whether that's personal or political or anything like that. I, I fully agree with you. They should be around each other but be socially responsible. They're being tested more often than a normal citizen is, Chad, almost every other day. I think in a bubble, um, responsibly, could be better like you just laid out, better than being out in bars or in clubs or on campus. I think it's just pretty common sense. Great insight, though, there, Mundungus. Thank yeah. you, as always, my friend. We've got another superstar who doesn't always get to make it into, into each and every stream, but we know he listens each and every podcast. And when he can, he gets in here live with us and he shows love on super. Appreciate you. Discount audio and wheels. He says, what's up, fellas? Not drafting a left or right tackle is really hurting us now. We yep. must band-aid the position for this season. Would you like to see Elway bring in any other left or right tackle for more competition? not trusting Bulls or Wilkinson. Well, in case you missed it, DA Dub, the Broncos signed one yesterday in uh, DeMar Dotson. It's only a one-year deal. So as you said, it's a Band-Aid solution, but it gets him in the system. It gets him with the Broncos. And although he's, you know, 34, a little bit gray in the beard, if he plays well, the Broncos could try and bring keep him around in 2021 and beyond for depth. So bringing in more competition this year, I'm not so much worried about it because you're, you're tied to Bowles. That's going to happen. He's going to play out his final year as a first-round pick. And now you have depth at right tackle. So this year, I, I think they've pretty much, barring another injury or someone, well, I guess they can't opt out now. The deadline's passed. But barring an injury, I think the Broncos are pretty well set this year, for better or for worse, at right tackle. But next year, Zach, I think that has to be – at the top of the docket in terms of their premium round priorities. Yes. First, second, third round, the Broncos need to bring in a tackle, at least one. Yes, and he meant besides Dotson. I don't see I it see. either. Yeah, I, I don't see another tackle coming in. The Broncos and Munchak do like the young guys they have in Jake Rogers and Calvin Anderson. Not starters, but good project guys to have. But I agree with you, D-A-Dub. They should have used – this is why I didn't like the Hamler pick or the Michael O pick. Those second, third-round guys could have been a tackle. You could have avoided the situation, put someone behind Bowles, put someone behind Wilkinson. They're lucky they got Dotson when they did and for how much money they did. But they cannot keep ignoring not you know the, the position. They cannot keep not drafting a tackle. You have to invest in a premium position like that. You cannot keep waiting and not double up the receiver. That's why Zach and I had a slightly disappointed taste in our mouths when the pick was made of um, KJ Hamler in the second round. We were hoping tackle there just for this yes. very purpose. And then in the third round, when you when you see how uh, Hamler go off the board, and you're like, all right, well, let's, they still got three third round picks. Nary a tackle to be had, Zach. No tackles. So you know, scratching your head going, what the Sam Hill tells you they just didn't see it coming. With uh, Of course, at that time, well, no, at that time the, the, the pandemic was in full force. So they could have foresee at least that there could be threats to the season. You'd think they would have tried to hedge a little bit better than they did. But anyway, Edward wants to know. Will Bradley Chubb win comeback player of the year? Zach, my, my answer is that he won't win. I, I'm not going to – I shouldn't say won't. I'm not predicting he wins, but I think he's going to be one of the strong candidates that will ultimately be under consideration when the year is over. It's not easy for, for defensive guys to win that award, although it's happened. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I think Ben Roethlisberger has a really good shot at winning that. It usually goes to a quarterback, and he's coming back. I think they're going to have a good season in Pittsburgh. Bradley Chubb will be the Bradley Chubb that we saw in 2018. And if that's a double-digit sack guy opposite a motivated Von Miller, that's all we should care about. The comeback player of the year and Pro Bowl and All-Pro, those honors are nice. But getting the Bradley Chubb back that we saw in his rookie year, that means the most. Sacks over any other kinds of awards or titles, Chad, is more important. All right, last one. Then we're going to get out of here for tonight, gang, from BG again. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you. He says, I honestly hope we have to worry which wide receiver is better, Sutton or Judy. If that's our problem, worrying which one's better, we're going to be okay. And Vaughn will be the most improved player this season. Interesting. That's a fair – that's actually a good candidate too because he did – he's coming off a season he wasn't happy with. Um, Can count – can count on Chubb. Can't count on Chubb because he was injured. Okay, so the notion, though, Zach, that Vaughn could be the most improved player, mm-hmm. that's – I mean, he wasn't bad enough to, in my opinion, to say the difference isn't going to be all that palpable between what he produced last year and if he goes on to have the kind of Vaughn season that we're used to Vaughn producing. The difference is is relatively, in my opinion, is is marginal. But nevertheless, he's got room for improvement coming off of last year, which makes him a candidate for most improved. Yeah, I don't. I just don't see how a future Hall of Famer first ballot guy can be most improved. I mean, he, he wasn't terrible last year. He just wasn't the Vaughn that we know. Um, the guys that we mentioned, I think, have a better chance of winning it. In terms of Bradley Chubb, though, I wouldn't discount him because of an injury. I mean, Vaughn had a torn ACL. He came back and was the Super Bowl MVP. So uh, we're going to get a really good Vaughn Miller this year and a really good Bradley Chubb this year, and both of them combined are going to do really, really good things. Hey, man, we're, listen, the Broncos, as, as Christy points out here, I used to have high hopes for Jay Booty. I think a lot of us yeah. have kind of had to turn that page in terms of keeping that flame alive, but the Broncos haven't. They have kept the flame alive. So if he has finally vanquished that pesky SOB bug, then the talent's going to come to the surface. It's just a, that's a big if. That's a big if, Zach. I don't see it. I think this is another rare case, Chad, where we're split on a player. I mean, after three major knee injuries and surgeries, I, I just don't see what he has left in the tank. And when you have a former first-round pick and Noah Fant, and you don't even use tight, tight ends that much in this offense, I just don't know how much Jake Butt can do for you. Then you start wondering a point of diminishing returns. He's just taking up a roster spot. What is he going to offer over Albert O, over Nick Vanette, over Noah Fant? I just don't see it. Um, look, we haven't seen a lot of clips, Daniel or a lot with our own eyes. All we've been exper- exposed to with regard to Jake Butt are the practice clips you get from Broncos Twitter and Facebook. But I have talked to guys who've been watching this each and every day at practice, and they say that Butt looks good. What's that worth with no meaningful reps, no contact, no Perfect. serious cutting? No, I mean, they're basically – they went from quarter speed to half speed in their walkthroughs, and that'll really ramp up a couple more days from now. But nevertheless – we just don't know yet. It's a question that uh, we're just going to have to kick on down the road until we uh, until we get more. All right, there's some big news breaking on the Cowboys side, so we got to cut Zach loose. He's got a job to do on that. Uh, but, gang, thanks for joining us, each and every one of you. Appreciate you spending some time with us here tonight, peeling off an hour for us. And it was great to finally get a chance to talk with Mundungus the Broncos Wizard, as as Buana says here, find him on Twitter at Broncos Wizard. 
much love to you, Wizard. And it's, uh, you know, we'll look forward to talking to you here in the near future. And of course, in all the streams, make sure you're following my partner here, Zach Kelberman on Twitter at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen, and then John K at John K MHH, the producer, Buona Beast. You guys know him. You love him. Fun follow, by the way, if you're on Twitter, trust me, you're going to want to follow John, but we got to get out of here for tonight. We'll be back tomorrow for the Mile High Mailbag. We look forward to it. Until then, Zach, have a great night, my friend. We'll talk again tomorrow. You too. Can't wait tomorrow, Chad. Favorite part of the week. Hopefully we have some a little more news, but if not, we know we have the great questions to look forward to. All right, gang. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.